Parashas Kitetze, Parashas of the Mitzvahs, begins nearly with the Mitzvah of the Ben Seder Umaru. And uh, it always strikes us as being a very unusual Mitzvah. Firstly, the severity of the punishment that for eating meat, uh, really that's the extent of the crime, that the Bensara Mara is condemned to get killed. Besides for that, however, we find a number of interesting halachas by the Bensara Mara. The Mishnah tells us in Sanhedrin that it has to be that he ate kosher meat. If you eat non-kosher meat, sarnavela, then you cannot be a ben And we'd wonder why. Lichaira, if you'd be eating non-kosher food, it would only make the crime so much worse. So if he's culpable for punishment for eating kosher meat, so why shouldn't he be more culpable for eating non-kosher meat? Similarly, we know that the time frame that a person can become a Ben Sarah is very limited. It's for a few months just after his Bar Mitzvah. And once again, we can ask the question, if a child is considered guilty and deserves to be killed, for acting like a Ben Sarah at the age of 13. So then it would seem to us that if he was older, he was 18, he was 20, and he committed the same crime, he should be even more chayef. And yet the Torah doesn't punish him. It's only at the age of approximately 13 for a few months that the Torah says, that he can get the penalty of a Ben Sayyid And once again, we want to know why. Because of these halachas and others, the halachic requirements which are necessary to be fulfilled in order for this person to be chayef and get punished as a Ben Sayyid are very hard to fulfill. It seems from the Gemara, although there were several attempts, should we say, of people who came close to being a Ben Sarah that the opinion of Chacham in the Gemara is that no one actually succeeded in getting killed as a Ben Sarah No one would fulfill all the conditions. And if that's the case, the Gemara itself asks the question, so why was the Torah, so to speak, outlining a mitzvah to us, which becomes kimat impossible to ever be brought to the Maisa, to ever happen? And the Gemara says, the Torah says, the man Yishmu Viro, 
people should learn about the Salacha, take heed of the Salacha and be afraid. And the Kliyakar already points out, who should be afraid? The whole Yisrael Yishmovi Yisrael, the whole of Klai Yisrael should be afraid. Most of Klai Yisrael are already older than the age where it would be possible for them to be in Sarah So who should take notice? All the children of that age group, all the Bar Mitzvah boys. So why does the Pasuk say V'chol Yisrael? So there's a certain enigma. Something which you don't really understand, it seems, about the message of the parish of the Ramar. Let's go over the questions again. Number one, to understand why the Bensayra Amara is punished so severely for what seems to us a minor crime. Number two, why the Torah insists that it can only be a Bensayra Amara if he ate kosher meat and only at the age of 13 for a few months. And why wouldn't somebody who ate non-kosher meat or who was older, be even more liable to be punished. And number three, if the parameters of the Ben Sarah are so hard to fulfill to the extent that it never actually happens, so then when the Torah gives us the parasha that everyone's meant to take notes and be afraid, Who's going to take note and be afraid? Bechol Yisrael? Most of them aren't in the category of becoming a Ben Sarah And on the contrary, somebody who knows the Parsha and is aware of all the restrictions, so he can be pretty confident he won't, he'll never be found guilty and sentenced because it's too hard to fulfill them all. So what's the Torah teaching us with the Parsha of Ben Sarah You know, I wanted the opportunity to speak at an occasion when there were many people in the audience who had changed their direction of their life at a certain stage. They had grown up less observant or maybe even completely unobservant. And at whatever stage of life it was, they began to look for meaning and began to understand purpose in life. And they had made some major changes until they were now Shemitaramitis. And I shared a, the feeling I had. That is, it could be a person comes to Rosh Hashanah and he has no outstanding merit. He has no reason why he should be granted another year of life and success. But nevertheless, that's what he's given. And the same repeats itself the following year and the third year. And the same can repeat itself for 30 years. And maybe the Malachim and Shemaim are wondering, what schus does this person have? And every year they're given a positive verdict 
even though it doesn't seem that they've accrued too many schosim, that they deserve that. But HaKadosh Baruch knows that 10, 20, 30, maybe even 40 years down the line, this person is going to change. This person is going to come back. And therefore, because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's knowledge of the future, he's willing to wait. He's willing to invest 40 years of in a person because eventually this person is going to change. And doesn't have to go so far. I think there are many people but it takes time but eventually they start to learn. Eventually they implement changes in their life. And HaKadosh Baruch is patient. HaKadosh Baruch waits for people to get to the stage where he wants them to get to. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at a person and looks to see does he have the potential to change one day? Is there reason to wait for him? Because given time, maybe he will come to the realization of right and wrong. Maybe he will be able to be scabber on whatever the challenges he's facing. What factors could there be within a person that would indicate the possibility of future change? They might not be here that, might not be there yet. But they have the latent potential. The Rakhadosh Baruch is prepared to wait because there's the possibility that they're going to change. What factors could there be which when they eventually awaken within the person's consciousness they're going to make him change? I can think of four. Firstly, the fact that a person has an inner desire to grow. It may not have burst into flame. It may not yet be strong enough to make him implement change in his life. But if there's an internal drive, a rotten for growth, then that one day could be the catalyst which will cause him to grow. The second factor. Not because a person necessarily wants to grow, but if a person feels guilty about what they've done. Guilt can also awaken a person's conscience. Feeling guilty can also bring about hirhure chuva, arouse feelings of repentance, and that can also be a factor which can cause a person to rethink his life and repent for what he's done. That's the second factor. Those are the two factors within a person. Either his desire to grow or his conscience which allows him no rest. There are two more factors also. The one is a person's respect for authority. 
And therefore, even if within himself he doesn't have the tools or the capacity to change, but if there's some authority figure who he respects, who he listens to, who could, whose influence could be brought to bear on him to change his lifestyle, to change his behavior, respect for authority is also a potential reason why a person might change. And the last reason is fear of punishment. The last reason the person is afraid to be punished and therefore even if it's a non, not an altruistic reason by any means but nevertheless people don't want to be punished and if a person realizes that he's being punished as a result of his wrongdoing that could be a reason for him to stop. So I think these are the four reasons which any one of them could bring a person to change. These are the four reasons which HaKadosh Baruch Hu would take into account that it's worth waiting. It's worth waiting for the person because it's still the possibility that they're going to do each other. And this brings us to re-examine from a new perspective, the Pasha the Ben Sayyidina Let's look at the halachas which define who can become a Ben Sayyidina And we'll see an unbelievable idea. Firstly, as mentioned previously, the Ben Sayyidina could only be somebody who's just after Bamitzah, 13 years old. We asked why. You know, in Yeshiva I see that at the beginning of a new year everybody's in the best Medrash. I'm pretty sure given a week or two some of them will no longer be there so frequently. Some of them will have lost their drive. But it begins a new era, a new Yeshiva, a new class, a new school year, whatever it is. Everybody starts with a certain drive to do well. Kal When a boy just becomes Bar Mitzvah, he's beginning his adult life. So to some extent, there's a certain drive to be successful, to be great, to do well. It could be the drive gets lost. It could be it needs to be revitalized later down the line. The middle of this man doesn't have the same enthusiasm as the beginning. But at least at the beginning, people begin with a certain drive. People begin with a certain rutsam. And that's the first failing of the Ben Sayyidina If what interests him is a hedonistic lifestyle, is eating meat and drinking wine right from the word go, right from the beginning, then we're talking about somebody who has no drive to get better. Somebody who has no inclination to grow. Someone who begins without any ambition to grow, where their whole world and their whole interest is just in eating and drinking, 
So that's not somebody who's likely to change because they have the ambition to change. That's the first thing we see about a Ben Sayyidah The second point, like we said, the second thing which could be a catalyst for change is a person feels guilty about what he's done wrong. And I think that's the reason why if a Ben Sayyidah would have eaten non-kosher meat, he could not be a Ben Sayyidah because maybe the fact that he's eaten something non-kosher, he's done something which he knows is wrong, that would be a factor which would convince him to change. And therefore, the Bensoro Meirer is only somebody who eats kosher meat. He has no guilty conscience. He doesn't feel he's done wrong. And someone who doesn't feel he's done wrong isn't going to be motivated to change because he feels guilty. That's the second factor. The third halach of a ben The Mishnah tells us in Sanhedrin, he can't be a ben until he steals money from his father to buy the meat. Why is that important? Because it shows a lack of authority. Somebody who respects his parents, somebody who respects what his parents own. So once again, if there's a certain respect for authority, there's reason to hope that maybe an authority figure will make have an influence on him, will convince him to change his life. But somebody who's prepared to steal from his parents shows that there's no respect for authority. And lastly, the din of the Ben Sayyidah is that he's a repeat offender. The first time he does this, he's brought to Bestin, and Bestin give him Malchus. And we know Malchus is no small thing. Malchus was a serious penalty. And yet, after having gotten Malchus, he repeats the crime a second time. That's when he gets punished as a Ben Because that shows he has no fear of punishment. Somebody who's been punished, and even punishment doesn't serve as a wake-up call. Even getting Malchus isn't enough to work as a deterrent not to repeat the same thing again. Someone who doesn't have any year as chet. So therefore we've covered all the bases. The Ben Sayyid I think symbolizes somebody who we have no hope that he's going to change. He has no ambition to change. He has no feel, feelings of guilt for what he's done. He has no respect for authority. And he has no fear of punishment. Those are the factors which make up a Ben Sayyid And if that's the case, the Torah gives a unique punishment. Let him die now when he's still innocent. Yamus Zakav al Yamus Because normally Hashem doesn't act like that. Normally HaKadosh Baruch Hu waits and waits and waits with the hope that people will change. With the hope that they'll do children and that they'll improve and that he doesn't need to punish. But in order for Hashem to wait, there has to be at least some saving factor, some reason to assume that there's a possibility this person will still do job. When there's no such possibility, that brings us to the Ben Sayyidah And therefore, to answer the last question we asked, why is it V'chol Yisrael Yishmu V'yiro? Because to some extent, we're all working on the factor that 
we, uh, we would like HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give us a good year. Not necessarily because we deserve it in the past, but because there's room to hope that the future will be better. Not necessarily because we're the perfect tzaddik already, but because we want to grow in the future. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should look to the future as a reason to give us more time, more opportunities, because then we'll have more then that'll allow us longer, so to speak, to achieve what Hashem wants to achieve. And when's the Kaddish Baruch willing to do that? When's the Kaddish Baruch willing to invest more time, more resources, more life into a person, based on what he might be in the future? Only if there's one of the factors which shows that there is potential room for this person to change. He wants to grow. He feels guilty about the past. He respects authority. Or is afraid of punishment. Without any of these factors, without any reason to assume the future is going to be better, then Hashem takes the opposite approach. The approach that we use with the Ben Sariel Meir. Rather, he should die now then he should continue and get further entrenched in the world of Chet. And that's a lesson for Klai Yisrael. That's a lesson for Klai Yisrael. We shouldn't be a Ben Seir or a We shouldn't be in the category of somebody that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he checks our file, sees no room for hope that there'll be a better future. Because then there's no room for Hashem to give the person an extension of life with an eye to the fact that eventually he'll improve. It's part of our preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Part of our preparation for Rosh Hashanah is to the Chiva in the past. But part of our preparation for Rosh Hashanah also is to look to the year ahead. To look to the year ahead what we want to be in the future. That at least we can put forward an argument. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Give us another extension. Grant us another year because there's reason to believe that Vashana Haba we're going to improve. Vashana Haba, we're going to be better than we are right now. And as we see from this parasha, that also works by Hashem. As long as you're not in the category of the Ben or Moir, that there's no reason to hope for a better future, then Adarabha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is willing to extend us another lifeline and give us more time to achieve what he wants.